good afternoon and you're very welcome to local media this week. Uh, I do hope that you have uh, enjoyed your hours uh, extra sleep because uh, our, our panel here are wide awake and bushy-tailed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jadis Kenny, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Luke. Pat yeah. O'Brien, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Luke. And David Fleming, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Luke. Uh, and I have to apologise for me hosting the show this week because uh, Jim, Jim was caught with an event that he could not uh, uh, escape from and uh, so you're stuck with me for another week. But I'd say after this week you definitely won't be stuck with me again because I'm going changing things up. We are going to start the show this week talking about East Clare. And what we're, uh, of course, what we're talking about are uh, events that are in the media. We talk about the Clare Champion, the Clare Herald, uh, which is online. You have the Clare Echo, the free newspaper, and the Clare County Express, uh, which is out this week. And it's with the Clare County Express I'm going to start this week because there are two stories in Tulla that I want to cover. One of which is uh, Tulla GEA have announced a seat for life. Uh, which basically allows anyone to dedicate a seat to themselves, a deceased GA follower, or someone they know that would like to be associating with assisting and financing the construction of a stand, which uh, anyone that's been on the road to Ennis in recent times would have seen uh, arise out of the hill in Tulla. Like the Phoenix. Exactly. And many fond memories for people over in Tulla, Pat, but not so fond uh, when the weather isn't the best. <laughs> this will all be gone now in the yeah, future. So, well, back, back in the 70s, 70s uh, there was huge crowds there for all the league games because Cusick Park was being redeveloped and Tulla was the, the home venue. And I think Clare went something like 13, 12 or 13 games without being beaten in, in Tulla in league games. Do you remember the, Kilkenny, the matches against Kilkenny there? I do, yeah, I do, I John, mean, yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. There could be 6,000, Luke, at, that, at those matches, league matches there. Yeah. And we'd head back to Toongraney afterwards for the National League handball, uh, particularly if Wexford were playing mm-hmm. Clare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? So you'd have a packed stand in Toongraney in, in the 60 by 30 alley, okay? And we'd have had a, a feast of hurling uh, an hour earlier in Tulla. But get, Luke... I can tell you something. Nostalgia is great, all right. But I can recall being drenched, do you know, <laughs> where umbrellas weren't actually... But it was it, <coughs> the hill of Tulla, well, the hill of the pitch. It was, it was quite an experience. It sounds as if you're making it the hill of Tara now. It's going down in mythology. <laughs> yeah. but, but Pat, uh, Pat, are you suggesting that maybe the Clare, Clare, if they were winning all these matches at Tulla, that they should actually be playing more <laughs> matches in Tulla rather than Cusick Park? Well, maybe not when the new development has come on. We could, we could maybe play a few games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if memory serves, Pat, I think they beat Cork a few times there as well. Go back to Cusick Park quickly. But look, I mean, the idea... I mean, raising they're raising the cash for the stand. Stand, yeah. Mm. With none of us will begrudge them that one. That's for sure. No, the it's, one, great, it's, it's great to see development uh, what t- do you think? taking place. A hundred euros. A hundred euro, and you get your name uh, indelibly on a, marked on a plaque. On a plaque, yeah. just like here in in the scarf yeah, up, yeah, yeah. up in the stand. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's the first major upgrade taking place. Uh, or sorry, the first major upgrade to Doctor Daly Park was the redevelopment of the playing ground, which uh, basically put in a sand pitch in two thousand and three, new dressing rooms in two thousand and four, and floodlights in two thousand and nine. So yeah. I suppose uh, it's maybe taken them a while longer to get to where they want to. But uh, I think, as man said, no one can deny uh, the, the big go big or go home. They're certainly going yeah. big. 
Yeah, yeah. right. Dr. Yeah. Dr. Daly Park was always the, the natural centre of, of holding in East Clare because it was the centre of all, you know, whether Francis Whitegate was playing Era Ogre, it was, you know, Tola. Uh, if we were playing maybe Scarif or Fiegel, it was, it was in yeah, sort of convenient. It was always yeah. a, a, yeah. a convenient pitch. It was mm, always yeah. in the centre and, yeah. and, you know, it was, uh, I played there myself different times in, you know, in matches. And it was always a fine pitch, you know. Just and it was great uh, to see being done. And, and I think the, the company that's doing it as well. He's he's one of the twins here, totally with Tudor. and he's doing it for he's doing he's doing it for for cost price. Really? Yeah. That's he, Qcon Construction. Qcon yeah. Construction. Okay. Yeah. He's one of the twins, and he's he's um he's doing it for um yeah. Great. Yeah, very good. good. So, and so, so uh, a GA fan that you are, John, uh, you'll be safe to go back over to Tulla with no umbrella from next year absolutely. because it's due, it's due, it's due, it's due to open. What absolutely. if the wind is blowing from the other direction? You know the way you stand, you are in a stand, and you're thinking yeah. there's no rain going to hit you now. Then the wind changes from the north or wherever. I'm sure there'll be the executive boxes behind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, I always find a seat that sandwiches you in between someone on your left, someone on your right, somebody behind you and somebody in front of you. And you're well sheltered. But the natural wind anyway, will, will, in majority of times will be, will be going from, from the, the back, from the west. Yeah. Behind you. Behind you. Behind you. David, these taller people think of everything. <laughs> anyway, listen, we're going to move on, but we're going to stay in Tulla. Pat, uh, page 13 uh, of Clare Champion, these Clare Notes, uh, Fiona and Dan Danaher, uh, have an article, we'll say, in relation to the school kids. Oh yeah, there's the, the I can do I can do attitude brings Tuller TY students mental health award, supporting mental well-being and and resilience in the, in the aim of the project which has recently scooped a major award for students at St George's Secondary School Tuller, ten uh, ten transition year students, uh, um, piles created an, an innovative mental health tool which won them an interesting. An investing in children award for the child and family agency in, in, of Tusla. The aptly named I Can Mind My Mental Health tool was created and developed to support well-being and, res and resilience of young people. Uh, I Can is a pocket-sized tin can which contains daily mindfulness and, and coping strategies, activity cans that young people can use on their own with family members or in the group. And uh, it's great. Of course, there's a nice photograph there of the of the of the the TY students and the they get with their awards and the and the teachers and the, and, a, and a very apt um, project as well, Pat. You yeah. Know, oh yeah. Because yeah, yeah, the yeah. mental health of of our young people. Yeah. Is, is yeah, it is well it's important because it's it's hard as we all know around this table to relate to um, t to people in their teenage years and teenagers have their own particular set of issues and um, often don't necessarily want to talk to anybody about it. So it's great for teenagers themselves who actually know the problems better than anybody else to be coming up with solutions, yeah. potentially. I Good. suppose the vehicle we're looking for is what is the most appropriate platform to use? And I'm dedicating myself, in my own philosophy anyway, to the value of extracurricular involvement. And in this regard, I have to hand it to the GAA in County Clare, and particularly in East Clare, the, the degree to which, in fact, they take under their wing the care and consideration in the wider 
context, the care and consideration of our young, our, our young people. Okay. Yeah. And um, and it's, it's often it's often though the ones uh, that naturally shy away from activities. Yeah. Whatever types of activities, who might have a tendency to do um, individual things, uh, whether it's on the screen or whatever it is. That they may now, I'm not an expert at all in this. I'm just thinking about it, um, and it's to get them out. Or may, it's curious what might be in these cards. This mm. I can do attitude thing um, to deal with those. Uh, if you're in a group. Hopefully you won't, ha as you're describing, John, with the GA or with any sport or any hobby or any activity. Or youth club. Or a youth club. You, you, you hopefully won't have um, as many um, issues that they're talking about. In fact, not mental to health that. issues. Mental yeah. health issues. There's an exhibition called Phase Reconnection. Um, the exhibition itself is a collaborative show of artworks created by local young people in the Scarf and East Clare area. Okay, and it's a lovely photograph here of two, you know, facilitators, and the exhibition is it will be on next week in the actual library, and it just shows you that you don't have to be playing hurling yeah. in order to be, yeah. you no, know, you know yeah. benefit yeah. from yeah. from yeah. social yeah. interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And the youth club, the the Tungreni Scarf Tungreni Youth Club, are inviting yeah. applicants to join. Do you know? Um, so, all the time, we're blessed in a way yeah. that here in East Clare, we have such a strong community interaction mm. within the community yeah. and, and with neighbouring communities. I was at the, our own AGM, of the, our own handball club was on last night, and um, you know, there was a discussion on getting the, getting the young people back in playing. And all that, but uh, they usually have about maybe 150 um, uh, players, uh, most of them underage. Yeah. And 150. They, yeah, and they get them all in. They get them all in uh, every night of the week, and they get uh, even at different levels. No matter how, yeah. no matter how weak you are, they'll be in and they'll be coached. You know, so it helps. It all helps along the way. Even if we don't have people with confidence, maybe. That you'll be yeah. along and there'll be yeah. someone, someone absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, good, good, good to see. Now, there are two other bits that we're going to cover in relation to East Clare. There's a bit of money that has been granted for um, uh, walkways and activities. Pat, you alluded to it there earlier. Yeah, there's a funding booth, uh, funding booth for outdoor activity projects in Clare. And that's on page six of the it's champion. Page six, and it's in the Clare Eco as well. I think Parik McMahon is there on the, on the Clare Eco as well. A number of outdoor activity projects in Clare have the benefit from a funding boost of nearly 150,000, an allocation of 148,713.65 in funding for outdoor activity projects across the county under outdoor recreation infrastructure has been made to eight Clare projects by the Department of Rural and Community Development. A total of 3.5 million, million uh, investment in adventure and rural tourism throughout the country. One of the, the 189 projects nationally that will benefit through this funding are eight in County Clare and include the Cahamuffy Loop Walk in Stagmont, they'll be getting 20,000, the Cliffsmore Coastal Walk in this canal, 19,500, uh, the 12 o'clock hills um, over near myself, 20,000, uh, Belly Big Woodland in Innes, uh, 17,800, and Cloney House Walking Trade in Cloney, 
also Shannon Embankment Walks in, in Shannon and Milton Melbourne uh, and West Clare Railway Walk, Milton gets 18,000 and Ballyvahan Loop Walk in Ballyvahan gets 17,000. So it's great to see uh, those loop walks and those people, well, well you people are walking there. And yeah. all, all I presume a certain amount of that, Pat, will, will that be for signage and... You know, yeah, yeah for, for work on the walks. Really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we yeah. sign it, and I'd say uh, developing, you know, various maybe um, um, having seats and maybe uh, picnic tables and all that type of stuff, and um, making making muddy areas and in, in, uh, you know, grinding yeah. them and all that kind of are stuff. People, yeah. Are people going out now more, Pat, into the countryside? Do you know, following the old paths and the new ones that are being delineated in East Clare. I'd, I'd say so, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a huge... The, the, the 12 Clock Hills was never there. And it was only there for the last four or five years. And there's, there's a huge mo- amount of walking. And during the lockdown, uh, it was... It was uh, well, the partial lockdown, during the full lockdown, you couldn't, you couldn't even supposed to go there. But during the partial lockdown... Uh, so incredibly busy yeah, for the last yeah, two years you know? yeah. but, but you know what you have to do John after you go for a walk you know what's the the rigour thing that you have to do now a cold dip well maybe uh, for uh, some <laughs> people no 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 not close enough David so we have the cold dip here and down the end you go for a cup of coffee Oh, right. right. Yeah. And for anyone that has been down uh, passing by Belly Cogran, or, yeah, or, yeah. or as we call, as the locals would call, Two Mile Gate, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll say during, especially, I, I'd agree with Pat, you talk about walking up at Belly Cogran, uh, I'd say it was never as busy over the last 18 yeah, months was, uh, as it was. I was up last Wednesday week, I was up uh, yes. in Mylissa. Yeah. I went up to the top and I yeah. two other fellas. Did you bring oxygen with you? It's a bit of a climb. Yeah. But, but we'll say there was a new uh, facility at Two Mile Gate this year, an aqua park. That's right. And as part of that, the 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 building that was owned by the council and it was it it when I was a young lad it was a shop. But it's basically four walls. It, uh, it was a shop, and then there was nothing in it for years. But the council did it up, I'd say, about eight, seven or eight years ago. And this is the first year that it actually reopened as a shop. And I think, ca- was it Westlake Cafe? If West sir? End Cafe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And by God, was there people yeah, literally queuing out the doors busy, to get yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think they do a good ice cream down there as well, I've been mm-hmm. told. But uh, uh, also in relation to uh, Ballycog, slash two mile gate I see in the uh, champion on page 13 as well Ballycogran facility could be ready by summer of 2023 and this is a planning application uh, is due to go in for a 1 million euro investment in a water sport facility what do you think of that Luke? Um, well considering that it's uh, Two of the 22, we'll say, uh, Waterworld and Gilkey as well, are two of the 22 nationwide locations that will benefit from a total investment of 19 million approved by Sports Minister Catherine Murphy. I would suggest that it perhaps um, a better bang for buck than uh, Owen Keegan attempting to get his little um, uh, 
uh, oh, pet the, project uh, of the, the, the white water rafting, the white water rafting. Yeah. up in Dublin because mm. an awful lot of people, you know, oh, said yeah. 22 nationwide locations for less than the cost of yeah. uh, what, what they were What's talking about in, in Dublin. Yes, so I think I, uh, I think I was highlighting that before. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Pat? I think you were. <laughs> uh, maybe that's why it sort of springs to mind. Maybe, uh, maybe. Exactly. So um, most of the funding will be provided by Falch Ireland and Clare County Council left to provide subsidies. Sub- subsidise it I presume, finance for the groundworks and materials used will be environmentally uh, friendly. The new proposed development includes new toilets, outdoor and indoor showers, changing facilities, services for people with disabilities and new state-of-the-art wastewater treatment facility. Uh, Now, I don't think anyone could argue that any of that is a bad idea. No, indeed. And I mean, it has all happened, which is amazing. If you look back on the last two years, mm. and we've sat around the table and we've discussed on, uh, and programmed, the amount of, of investment of varying sizes mm. in uh, facility development yeah. in East Clare. Mm. Now, we're, we're, we're conscious, very conscious, uh, of the fact that we belong to a county which has West as well as east. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but Sometimes listening to us, you'd hardly know there was a west side to the county. Well, we're only um, fixing the fixation that used to exist back in the day when one of the papers used to be alluded to as the West Clare champion. <laughs> because they never covered anything out this neck of the woods. So but happily now... Uh, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And, and we'll say Fiona especially does a, ver- a very good job. We have a problem, though. And, and I think uh, talking to our councillors there... Um, alert to it and that is at times uh, during the year there is a parking difficulty and safety factor this year this year in particular because of the stay stay vacations and all the rest it it was dangerous Mm. Um, and I see here reported by Dan in in that article that Luke was quoting from uh, Councillor O'Brien pointed out that Parking is adequate for ninety percent of the of the year, and that's a fair point. But that ten percent of the time during the summer, and mm. if it's not the summer on very nice days, yes, let's put yeah, it that yeah. way, yeah, uh, it, it, it can be. But you don't want to ruin it either by mm. putting a big old car park in. But there. where are you going to get the land well, for that's the, the problem? You, you know, see, that's park. the problem. I, I think the issue you would have would be more so in relation to probably traffic camming, which might be required because people park at the side of the road. Oh, I, I'd say no more, John, than when you were and Pat, when you, you were at the games over in Tulla, I can imagine yeah. the fair abandonment of cars <laughs> that short would, would allude to yeah. You yeah. For, for, for the hur- for the hurling matches. I, I, I just see here now, I, I'm going to have to take one of the councillors to task here. Um, uh, Tony, Tony O'Brien, uh, uh, now who of course is the Kildu representative. So uh, he, he's very encouraged by the approach uh, T- taken by Falch Ireland and Clare County Council that are going to complete uh, the development. Uh, he says, Ballycogran is the jewel in the crown in East Clare. Now, I'm afraid we'll have to argue with him on that point. We would. That there are plenty of jewels in the East Clare, in the yeah, East Clare yeah. area. He's thinking uh, of the crown jewels. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I says, it ties in with council development of Inish Caltra as a major tourism destination. Now, I don't really know how that works. But we have to bear in mind, if we sort of uh, all going well, push the clock forward a few years and Killaloo is bypassed, yeah. it's going to make this venue even more accessible. It is, yeah. but yeah. but the the, the the important point is, and we've said it before, that for tourists, you need plenty of activities. 
So if you're here for a week, uh, you're from Dublin or you're from <coughs> France or wherever mm. you're from, yeah. you need different activities for different interests and different age groups. Ballycogran will suit some people uh, yes, for some yeah. days. And it won't suit others. And it yes. won't suit others. Inish culture will suit others yeah. and other times of the days. So it's a whole package. Mm. And you add in, then you add in what we hope will be the Greenway. Now, I don't want to get Luke started on the Greenway, but you add in this in a few years' time. And, of course, Ballycogrin is a natural stopping point and you can see for bikes, I'm yeah. thinking of. It's not, and these showering facilities and these toilets, that's all needed on, on, on the this, Greenway. Tell, yeah. tell me this, lads. Were any of you ever down at Kate Carney's cottage? Yes. Mm, you were. Kerry. Did you ever take a pony and go into the Gavadon Low? No. How about you? you? <laughs> I mean, good Lord, you I haven't, haven't been there. I haven't lived. I, I see in my mind's eye, do you know, uh, I can see ponies and horses uh, at Two Mile Gate with uh, hiring out to the actual... Can you ride... Luke Winman now. <laughs> Different I mean, type of ponies now, yeah, I suppose yeah. you're talking about. Can you actually take a horse or a pony up my lassa? Well, I think you could, but... You, you, you might, might kill the horse. You, you might you might get too far off. <laughs> Why? Wait a uh, come on, lads. I mean, <laughs> you would, you, when you get up the road, uh, you can go up to the forestry road. Yeah, yeah. Stay on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Stay on yeah. the forestry road. But, but when you go up to the bottom, the base sure, of the yeah. first hill. But ho yeah. John, why yeah. would why why wouldn't you just use no. the ordinary highway? No. You, you'd the walk. Ordinary John. road. No, you'd walk. You walk it, John. Yeah. You'd walk. No, no, there is a man here in Tumgraney who who is providing the carriage trails, and and he was active in Mount I saw him outside Mount Shannon, his carriage full, yeah. whoever these tourists were, were enjoying themselves. That's right. <laughs> they might have been locals, or I don't know where they were So from, I think you're right, John. It could, yeah. be, it could, be, it could be, because you... you uh, absolutely. Are, are you, you thinking of investing shares in this? Well, I was thinking <laughs> of encouraging. When you, when, yeah. when, you go, when you go, Melissa, up and down, like, there's, a, there's, a, there's a beautiful view off of the, in, 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 uh, a fine day. Yeah. Indeed. It's fabulous. Yeah. And you can get, with the hearts, you can get deep into the heart of a, a countryside. You can, yeah. Do you yeah, know? Yeah, um, yeah. Which you can't very often, yeah. When they're just merely walking. And so, course, are you thinking of providing the next stage is providing stables? We're looking another <laughs> million for a, for a bit of a forge <laughs> and some stables. And nappies of the ponies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. I can can you see the lads? You do, in fact, you've missed out in life if you haven't ridden down in Kate Carney's cottage. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Well, well not close enough to to that Kate Carney's cottage, but uh, still in Clare. More, yeah. yeah. Councillor Pat Bork said, uh, sorry, Pat Hayes said, it's very welcome news that Bally Cogran will be uh, upgraded due to a dramatic increase in its usage over the last 12 months. He says, it's great to see Bally Cogran being used so much. These facilities will help support East Clare tourism product. There are parking issues at peak times, but this is also an issue in the Hinch and Doolan at certain That's times right. of the year. That and, he's and he's dead, right? He is. You know? So yeah. I suppose it'll be a case we might have to learn to adapt to it. And the easiest and way would probably be, be bringing a sense of traffic cam in, maybe? Something like that? For, for a few months of the year? That'd be a cheap way of... Yeah? Yeah. Know, contributing? Yeah. But yeah. anyway, right, listen, we, we'll move on. And there is, uh, we say we've talked about the funding for the walkways. Now we're going to talk about one issue. The last issue on the East Clare side is, is one relatively close to my own heart. It's the topic of podcasts. That's right. Right? And it is uh, Queen of Unclaw. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a podcast featuring collect recollections of Clare old citizens to go live. Now, personally, 
Uh, I can't wait for this to happen because the more people that it encourages to go listen to a podcast, the better, in my opinion. Because with the radio here ourselves, if you can't catch the show live, you can always catch up with it on a podcast mm. and it's, if, sort yeah. of get the, the concept across. Uh, when you just, just for listeners, Luke, yeah. who may have heard of the word podcast but may not know what it is. Well, basically what, what it is, is uh, it's uh, a show uh, could be five minutes long, it could be three hours long, but it's talk. You don't put music onto a podcast and the, the reasons are would you believe worldwide licensing issues okay. you can put maybe 15 30 seconds of music into it but uh you don't play songs we'll say as such other. so it's talk and you said we like to talk here so we have plenty of them up and we say you can go to uh, our podcast pa- page and if as tom handy will allude to if you have a reasonably smartphone yeah. <laughs> which most people have nowadays you can subscribe so i would say if you have an android phone you go to the play store and there's loads of apps that you can pick and we say uh, for ourselves uh, the podbean app is where ours are stored but it's basically they're stored on podbean but they're actually available everywhere so if you have an apple iphone the podcast app on your phone if you type in scarif bay radio you're going to find us right and if you sort of tune in uh, next tuesday you'll find this very show and a certain amount of people do listen into it uh, uh, we've had podcasts up and running f- for we would be three years next march Mm. And to date, we have uh, 90,000 downloads. We passed 90,000 last week. That's impressive, yeah. It's not bad, and mm. the figures are going up. And you can get uh, statistics for where your people are listening from. And about 10% of our shows are downloaded in America. 10%? 10%. Mm. And about 5% in the UK. Anybody and in, the, in China? Uh, I can't recall too many in China now, but we have we've, we have a, a contingency in Argentina. So there must be a few nations there. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, so it's it's always good then to say hello to our exactly. listeners yeah. uh, it is in, indeed. in in America. Yeah, but anyway, I know enough that that's we went into, into a little rabbit hole there. And, uh, so and Argentina. But yeah. Yeah, here we have to we have to look couldn't avoid uh, asking our historian at the end of the table the value of the. Uh, yeah, which is the Clare Oral History podcast, which is produced by our own Paula Carroll of, of uh, this this neck of the the county, will provide deep dives into the oral history archive uh, of Queen of Clare, which now contains over twelve years of memories and stories collected from the county's oldest citizens. The most surprising, interesting, informative, inspirational moving of these stories will now be share, shared in a permanently accessible way thanks to funding from the Heritage Council. And this is a thing which I allude to. You can, as I said, if you can't get the show live, you can listen back to it whenever you want. So you could be walking up my Lusa, or you could be on the back of a pony and trap walking up or going up my Lusa, and you could be listening away. You listen at your own leisure. You know, a little bit like the way that not an awful lot of people are watching live television anymore except for sport. Could we just, could we just you know? uh, remind our listeners as well that the initiative behind Quivno on Clare initially and through its, uh, through its uh, uh, lifetime has been Tomás, Tomás yes. McNamara. And he has stimulated other counties to actually engage in the same thing. Yeah. So I'm coming back again to what I think is a critical question for uh, David. The value of uh, a resource like the Quivenu. Well, it is important because, of course, 
so much of history is not written down, mm -hmm. so much of our experience of our past lives not written down, and so often we only can get a sense of particular things from memory, um, and memories of particular experiences. Um, uh, we'd love to have diaries and letters and so on, but we don't, of ordinary people, let's call it ordinary people. But uh, we do get it through oral history, oral memory like this. And uh, I can imagine in 40, 50, 100, 200 years' time, historians will find this uh, archive of material immensely important for understanding life in 20th century Ireland and perhaps 21st century Ireland. So it's a, it's a great resource. The, the, the example we have nationally is the uh, UCD folklore collection, which is a lot of it is accessible online. Um, um, it's the school's folklore commission done in the 1930s when school children were asked to write down answers to particular questions about their local uh, experience. You could look up Halloween, in fact, um, and you get a sense of what young people did during Halloween in, in, in 1930 and before, going right back into the 19th century. So we have, Porrick has the piece in, in page 17, it mentions f uh, a number of people who have already been interviewed. Many of them have passed away. Uh, as Luke said, it's been going on for 12 years. Uh, hopefully it will continue to go on and people will still be interviewed so that there will be a great body of material. Curious always, what, what do you ask? What, are, are there taboo subjects? Well, it's different people telling stories about di different parts, you know, we'll say the history yeah. of their areas uh, and, you yeah. know, maybe stories associated with it. But just bear in mind as well, what we give uh, give the radio a little plug, East Clare Life, our little programme that uh, uh, Marie does on a regular basis, talking to local people around, around you know, and yeah. th mm. they've had issues, you know, with farming women, various, you know, mm. covered, mm. there are various topics that you, you mm. can cover. And they, they are going to be there forever. You know, uh, yeah. so very, very important. Now, uh, before we finish, because uh, would you believe it, we're near half time, right? And we're nearly on time. I just want to give uh, mention to uh, the other community radio station in County Clare, RCB, Radio Kirkabashkin, who have scooped two awards at the Crail Fela National Community Radio Awards. And I want to uh, offer our heartiest congratulations to them. And a uh, one uh, documentary, Let Aaron Remember, uh, which is basically a documentary in relation to World War One, and there was a lot of interviews that were sort of carried out. Uh, it, it tells the story of the four O'Higgins brothers from Liscanner who fought in the war, one who died at the age of 23, while the trio were forever impacted by their experience, we'll say, in relation to World War One. And then let, uh, the Brian Clasey presented uh, Tune In for the Tunes was awarded a silver award as well. So that's covered in both the Champion and the Echo. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we sort of uh, right. congratulate yeah. them very much, we'll say, uh, for uh, the awards that, 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 that they got. We're going to go to musical uh, tunes uh, this week. Pat, who's alive or dead this week? <laughs> what <laughs> are we celebrating? Ch Charlie Lansborough is um, a British um, uh, singer and uh, he was 80 on Wednesday last. So uh, my father your friend from Charlie Lansborough. Fair enough. We will be back in three or four minutes and then we will be discussing topics affecting the rest of the county. So talk to you in a bit. From darkest night to rainbow's end He's my forever friend He's my forever friend
Right, Charlie Lansbury there, and uh, a nice little tune to keep us going. Now, before we leave East Clare, uh, I'm going to allude to a few photographs that are in the Clare County Express. On page 15, there's a fecal in all its simplicity over a century ago, with um, uh, young people walking down the, the main street in uh, fecal. Uh, John, you'd be delighted to know that on page 12, uh, there is a mural, a picture of the mural of your great friend, the Puka. Oh. Uh, celebrating Halloween. <laughs> is, where is he hiding? Uh, well, the, he's at the entrance to the old Dennis Diamond Town, features some curious characters of all uh, right faith. The Puka strides forward while a lone wolf calls out, wondering possibly. Hmm. I think I see a cat in the background there as well. So, uh, it w well covered. And then on page one of the Clare County Express, there's a picture of Tom Murphy taking his uh, 50 year old tractor uh, up the main. Uh, it, it's called uh, Scarf's Main Thoroughfare, <laughs> which I think we call Main Street. Luke, can <laughs> yeah. I hold you there, the there a second on that photograph? Yes. Uh, two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, uh, I was in a, a little place uh, called Paula Fuca above in in Wicklow. Now, when you think about it, that puka is in the bottom of the lake, that lake which is was used to uh, generate, you know, uh, hydroelectricity, yeah? yeah. Paul Fuka. He's down there, mm. and maybe that's where the... That's where the, that's where the Ennis Diamond people want to see him. Right? We're not going down this rabbit hole or puka hole uh, 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 anymore. Now, there was one event that uh, we didn't allude to that affects East Clare in part one of the show, and it's because it's actually ongoing as we record this show, and it's in relation to uh, an event uh, surrounding the Glenwood ambush. Pat? Yeah, the, the centenary of the Greenwood Ambush will be celebrated today on the um, 31st of October. Uh, the, the, um, origin, the date for it will be the 20th of January, but on account of, the, of COVID and all that, uh, it was uh, postponed. Uh, so, um, proceedings are starting today at 1 o'clock with, uh, with, with Ness, um, I suppose, remembering all, all who was involved. And then there's a... a and are they going to be praying for the soldiers who died and the RIC oh, men? I suppose everybody will. Everybody oh, well, that's will all right then. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a, scul a sculpture plaque in being Very unveiled. Christian of them. Uh, it's being <laughs> unveiled uh, at the memorial site um, after mass at about uh, two fifteen, and yeah. um, uh, they have a hundred fifty page publication in which will provide detailed accounts of the ambush by different people and interwoven reprisals by the British forces in the aftermath, and. Um, uh, there's a free bus service from Kilkishan down to the site because um, th there might be a huge amount of uh, parking place there, so there's a, a free bus service which will take about five or ten minutes down to the site. A good, a good idea. And, uh, I, 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 I think uh, next weekend uh, we will have sort of a bit of coverage uh, from, from that event, I think, Pat, yeah. which you were organising. Yeah. And there was an event in uh, uh, Flagmount. Uh, uh, on Friday night, uh, celebrating another episode in relation to uh, uh, the, the year of centenaries, I suppose, and uh, as well, it's all history. As you said, this is you know oral history yeah, being yeah, oral history being recaptured. So, uh, tell yeah. me, uh, Pat, with regard to the the ambush, how warm in the memory of the local people, as you grew up in the heart of it, was that particular? Uh, Ambush. Yeah, when I heard it when I when I was young, I I heard all about it. Uh, you know what happened and all that. But the the people that were involved didn't talk about it. You know any of the, which I I think is probably happened everywhere. 
the, most mm. of the people involved didn't uh, know. No. But yeah. uh, they came out afterwards and the, 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 the British on the, the military um, history, yeah. they gave the, some, of the, some of the people involved gave their accounts of, of what happened, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I remember when I was young, a book being at home and there was a green cover on it. And, and, and actually the Glenwood ambush was, a, and I think it was Michael Brennan or someone wrote it and it was, mm. it was at home when I was young then and I didn't pay enough for that, but I remember reading about the Glenwood ambush in it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. But was yeah. it not talked about, no? At home and uh, around the kitchen table? Well, it was a bit, yeah. Not, yeah, it was, it was happened, but you know, I suppose when, you, when you're young, we don't, you, you, when you're a young fellow, you don't uh, maybe take it in as well, much as... The question that automatically comes to mind now for you is to what extent... Did it impact on your attitude towards the events of the time? Well, I suppose when you as a young fellow now, I'm not talking about now. Yeah, as a young fellow, you'd yeah, you'd, you'd be thinking about you know. I suppose the the, the, the British were always the the, the, the oppressors anyway. They were you know the always the, the the people that uh, people didn't like. And I suppose they, they had good support around the place. So the, 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 otherwise, they wouldn't have existed. The the IRA or the East yeah. Air Brigade. Okay. But then again, there was there was people there as well that uh, that gave you know gave information and in, in certain places when they were caught and all that. You know where the IRA were. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose that happened in, in mm. the Scarif the Matters, I suppose. The, the, they say mm. that it was a, a spy that gave away the, the location of the... Mm. Of or, the or could it be somebody who had a, just a differing, different political view of events and uh, saw it as a service? Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. Is yeah. there a difficulty in hand? What do you think, David? Oh, there's, there's massive difficulty, you see. I, we discussed this with the students. I had a provocative uh, lecture two weeks ago for them to think about Victor's right, Victor's right history, question mark. And they all said Victor's don't write the history. But if the IRA had lost the war, we wouldn't use the word spy. Um, that person might be celebrated mm-hmm. because they had been on the winning side. But mm-hmm. they didn't. The IRA won the war, or Sinn Féin won the war. Uh, and, and so the language changes. Um, and, and language is, is controversial. Like down in Kerry, I can tell you, uh, where Roger Casement was um, captured at Bannastrand, uh, the locals there can still point out the family who... Um, who inform? Who and sent, he, the word. Th- sent the word? Oh, yeah. uh, wor- and words are important. I was just about to use the word "informed" there, and I, I, I was thinking again, what's a better word to yeah. use? Um, but you know, Ireland is a small place. Um, the one word I wouldn't have used in in that piece. I don't know. We don't know who wrote it. Um, wouldn't you've used the word "celebrated"? I no. would have used the word "marked" the yeah, centenary, yeah, yeah. because oh, rem- remembered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, remembered. Yeah. Uh, because people did lose their lives. It yeah. could have been, now I don't think the IRA lost anybody, but the IRA could have lost people, and that we know the other side lost people. But, and this is why I think the IRA people involved didn't speak about it, because war is difficult, war is, mm. is bloody, and they probably didn't want to remember about killing people. Uh, too much, anyway. Psychologically, it's tough. We won't uh, pursue it, but just to, to wrap up the, the discourse on this point, uh, when we ask ourselves, uh, why is it we did not wish to remember the famine? Mm. 
Because it was traumatic. And and that seems to be, you know... Or that generation in, found yeah, it traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they involved, yeah. yeah. It seems that nearly everybody else wants to remember the famine except us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I'm yeah. serious. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's commemorated mm. everywhere, but not really, not really here. Listen, uh, we're going to move on, because uh, we were doing well on time and we're not doing so well anymore. <laughs> Page one of the champion. Main topic. Yeah, I suppose the, the headline there is uh, one in 14 in county has COVID-19. Figures show in a Simon area now six worst in the country as cases continue to rise. Almost one in 14 people have had COVID-19 while the in a Simon electrical area is one of Ireland's black spots for the virus at the moment being the sixth worst in the, in the country. Up until midnight on Sunday, 8,221 people in Clare had contacted COVID-19 at some point. In a Simon Electrical area, it was the sixth worst area in the country for, for, the, for the prevalence of COVID-19 in the 14 days of the October 18, the most recent available figures. I suppose um, the snow variant is probably coming in, and I suppose yeah. a lot of young people are getting, yeah. are getting it. At the well, to, to borrow a phrase... It hasn't gone away, you know. <laughs> in, in, indeed, and on that politically charged note, I'm going to move on a little bit. The only comment I will make in relation to it is we, we'd be talking about uh, figures that probably occurred in September, and the uh, in a Diamond Electoral area covers a particular area that Christy Moore alluded to in a song that may not have had an event in September, <laughs> but, but that may actually have occurred <laughs> to a certain extent unofficially. Yeah. And I just wonder if that maybe would have contributed. But I would pass no more comment on it other than that. Now, uh, favourite uh, topic... Sorry, Pat, go on. Uh, just, uh, I, I was listening to the radio uh, yesterday evening and they were talking about this, all this COVID. And, uh, but um, there's um, two thirds nearly of the people that, that are in, in, in ICU or in the, mm. you know, in, in the hospitals are, uh, unlac- right. are unvaccinated. unvaccinated yeah. and, and that's a whole other topic that could take hours of a discussion could, when, you, yeah. when you consider yeah. 90% of the population over the age of 12 are vaccinated. Mm. There's, you know, there are the issues there, but we, again, not for this show, not for yeah. this, not for this show. <laughs> we'll keep now, moving, keep now, moving on. Yeah, no. exactly. Now, uh, the two bugbears that we have spoke about on numerous occasions, but for a change, there's good news. Shannon, David, <laughs> we waited for you to come back. <laughs> <laughs> that you've sprung it on me. I'm uh, not prepared uh, to talk. Uh, uh, well, well, I talk. Well, a, I talk a little bit about it. I, I said Timmy had it on Facebook earlier in the week, but we had it here about six weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Because if you were on the Aer Lingus search engine, even though it wasn't announced, mm. you could book flights. And from the 9th of March, you can go to Boston. And from the 28th of March, you can go to New York. Mm. From Shannon. From, from Shannon. Shannon. And is it true, Luke, that the Heathrow flights yeah. are being resumed? Yeah. Now, David, this, this is the coup de grace for, you, for your <laughs> sake. Yes, I, I they're coming back. It's confirmed they're coming back. And they're coming back for good. There yeah. you go. Now, all the, the naysayers the here the who were putting their who were putting the nail in the coffin of Aer Lingus and saying Aer Lingus done nothing for Shannon. The, er, to be fair to Aer Lingus, they always said we uh, we are main, we are trying to maintain that service, and it seems that for the moment, anyway, it, uh, it they're resuming. I, it. I think the question that probably is more pertinent to the fact is, we'll say uh, the the base that they had in Shannon obviously won't be present. Yeah. yeah. And I think 
I could be a sceptical pessimist here now and sort of say that, well, if they announced a number of months ago that they were closing the base during COVID, now we'll go back, but the base actually won't be there, so they've got rid of a lot of their cost base. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's allegedly. understandable. A- allegedly. Yeah. allegedly. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. by the way, no, no word uh, about the deals. And Michael the deals. No, no word about the deals. Owen, Owen Ryan has it here as well on, on page nine of the champion. Uh, three new routes launched from Shannon Airport. M- Michael O'Leary isn't letting their lingers away with it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is Michael O'Leary returning to to the grounds that he already had. Uh, I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, Ryanair had so many flights. He backed away from Shannon, and now he's coming back to Shannon. Yeah, they did a very good deal with him. Fuerteventura, Birmingham, and Budapest. So where will you be going, Pat? Fort Ventura, is it? We might go to I'm telling you, the media show should now. Budapest. 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 Yeah. We go live on location yes. to, to Budapest. But there's Budapest. another Shannon. There's an enormous picture. There's a picture of an enormous plane. It's it's the. Oh, yeah. It's on page 15. Yeah. As we're on Shannon, yep. we might as well mention it. The world's largest aircraft. And for those old and young people who are interested in aircraft, uh, I, I think it's flown out now. But it, it would be a real sight to see but it. David. Yeah. Is she, this again? I won't say this is quite fake news, David. It's its second time been there in a week. It was there last week, <laughs> <laughs> and, and not only was the Antonov there, its younger brother Antonov Junior was oh also God. in Shannon as well. So the two of them were there. But it, seemingly Shannon is the only place in this country where it can it's land. It's one of the oh, only. It's one of the only airports in Europe. In Europe. Yeah. Land, yeah. You see. What was it doing there, Luke? Uh, bringing uh, Christmas ta- yeah, Christmas tasks from China. Santa Christmas Santa Claus, John. Christmas cheap. stuff. Yeah. Cheap, from China. Cheap, cheap, from China. Stuff. cheap stuff. But you're Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's, it, it, it's according to the Clare Champion, and who are we to uh, yeah. <laughs> argue with the Clare Champion? <laughs> they're behind a lot of um, personal... Um, uh, they are during the COVID. PPE. Uh, yeah. PPE. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. 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 But, but it's actually, to be fair, it's Ukrainian-made. It's not <laughs> Russian. It's Ukrainian. And the Ukrainian colours are on the nose of, yeah. the, of the plane there. Yeah. It's the, so to give, this, uh, give a sense of, of the, its scale, the wingspan is the length of Croke Park. The length. Is it the length or the breadth? Yeah. Of it's 88 metres long. Anyway. That'll be the width. Yeah. The width yeah. of it. Mm. I think it's about six stories uh, high there's, as well. Yeah, there's six, yeah. There's six stories in it. Yeah. Yeah. The wingspan. Yeah. 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 Right. So it's quite high. Anyway, listen, we'll wish them all the best as well. And we hope left we're not enough, John. <laughs> so which means <laughs> I have to move on. A good. Now, we'll go from one bugbear to the next one. Money point. Pat. <laughs> page yeah. 14 in the champion page 4 yeah and it's, it's in the, the, it's in the, the echo, echo as well in the echo yeah. as well um, uh, to, to 2025 date stands for modified Minister Raymond Ryan rules out extension of power plants use in current guise despite fears of supply of energy Dan Denner has the story hopes that modified power generating station would stay open longer than proposed 2025 shutdown in its current form to deal with the power shortages have been dashed by Minister Eamon Ryan. Pat, what, what, what's Ryan saying? Well, he's saying it's, it's closing on, on it's 20, closing 2025. And, and, and what's the, the, his, his brothers in, in... He's talking through his hoop, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. well, but mean, you can never make the transition. It, 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 it's, it's like saying um, we'll continue using the horse and carts now until the cars get but Wait a minute, uh, David, a second now. We're discussing another day. We're discussing about the data center, a proposed data center mm, in mm, Ennis. Mm, mm. Side by side with that, we're discussing a reality situation in relation to shortage, possible shortage 
of energy supply over the next couple of years. Well, yeah. mm -hmm. So we're saying, look at the man in the middle, why doesn't he use the coal burning money point for the interim? Because uh, as the report says in the paper, it is, it's inefficient. And it's, you explain uh, money point, money point is coal power, so it takes, yeah. it takes a bit of effort and energy to actually Correct. heat it up. It's not designed. Yeah, it's time. It's time it's is the what times. it takes. And it's not yeah. designed, it's designed to maintain it continually. That's right. You yeah. can't have it as a reserve. But, so, but what I would say to you, John, I, I, this is now a tale of politicians. Yeah. And I call it the man, the, the, the green man, and then the realist. Yeah. Mm. Eamon Ryan says, I'll be pushing my department, the Commission for Regulation of Utilities, which is the energy regulator, and others to try to ensure we have the flexible open cycle backup capacity to give us balance in power rather than having to rely on money point bs yeah right That's is my is my answer to that uh, uh now he says <laughs> neither money point nor tarbert are, are suitable for that role however speaking in ennis the Taunishta recently flagged that money point will be needed quote for a couple of years yet because there's a bit of a crunch on energy supply which has improved a bit in the last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me this. But I would suggest the Tarnishta isn't as fully aware as the minister who has responsibility for this. The Tarnishta, like many Tarnishtas going back the year, have a kind of a watching brief, but are never oh, yeah. fully informed. Uh, yeah, they might be fully informed, but they're better playing the, their cu the cuter political game. <laughs> but what mm. about the use said, of the word crunch, He Luke? said, this use is unlikely to stretch past 2025, he admitted. We think it is possible to come off coal and oil by then. Given the energy crunch we have at the moment, both Money Point and Tarbert will be needed for a couple of years yet. The ultimate line of, lads, we'll, we'll just move we'll, along we'll here. We'll move along. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. move, we'll yeah. There was an article in the, in the Sunday, Sunday Independent last Sunday, I don't know what you see, John. Yeah. It was all about, about wind power. Yeah. And there's a huge problem there as well in, 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 in hold-ups oh, in, in, in the departments. Yes. Yeah. Holding up the... the yeah. And whose department the are holding those up, John? The, the same department that the minister is responsible for. Foreshore licenses and all yeah. that. I won't get into that too much. We could have a big row about We could, it. yeah. Uh, there was one thing in uh, the papers um, they were alluding to on the Wild Atlantic Way, saying, and it's sort of related oh, yeah. to power, that we're, sh we're short of um, electric uh, charging points. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could talk about that for too long now as well. But uh, I, I would say they, they talk about the, the Wild Atlantic Way having, uh, you know, not enough charging points, and I, I won't argue, but I will argue they actually have some. <laughs> we have right? none. Is that right? There are charging points in Kilkee. There are charging points in Milton Malbay. There are charging points in Lahinch. This sounds like a ballad. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're have it. And he said, if you come west of, come from. Uh, Ennis out to East Clare you can go to uh, from Ennis you can go to Tulla you can go to Kilkishan you can go to um, uh, Budike you can go to Scarif you can go to Tungraney you can go to Fecal you can go to Flagmount you can go to um, Killaloo you can go to Ogunlaw, so and there isn't a charging point anywhere to be seen so what does Luke, Luke Fleming who is a, an electric car yeah. What does he do? I, char I charge at home, which is what most people should do. Yeah. Charge it at but home. I suppose the point, for, uh, particularly yes. uh, uh, and we from, have from the tourist point of view, it's obviously, the tourist yes. point of view who, if, you're, if you've hired an electric car, 
in Dublin, mm. and you've somehow made it to the Wild Atlantic Way. Um, you shouldn't be hiring your car in Dublin. You should be flying into Shannon so Airport. Absolutely. You hired it in Shannon. You hired it in Shannon. And you're making your way all the way up the, the, the way to Donegal. Um, you probably will be... Like, will there be charging points in hotels? Some hotels already have them. Yeah. And it, it is become fast becoming... Uh, a sort of a, a good point for people that are looking yeah. to book yeah. to yeah. book their hotels. So then the question is, do we need as many? So no, you, no, you do, and we say because yeah. if you're trying to encourage people, we we'll say to buy ca electric cars in the first place. The more people on the road that have them, the more points you will need. Okay, now it's all well and good saying you want to uh, charge at home. Which yeah. You do 90% of the time, but if you're on your holidays and you're travelling on the road, you need somewhere to charge. Listeners will be interested, Luke, in your experience. You're here in Tumgraney. Um, uh, uh, how uh, can you get on one charge all the way to La Hinch? I, I, I've got up to Nace and back on one up charge. to Nace and back. Yeah. <clears throat> because well, people out there, are, this is the sort of question they're right, worried well, about. Well, I'll give you yeah. an, ex an example. Within the last few days, I've been in Limerick twice and I was up uh, my home neck of the woods uh, up around uh, uh, Kilfenora in North County Clare. Yeah. And I still... I, on I, the single charge. Yeah. How, and, how, and much, how much would that have cost you? Uh, probably about three euros. Three? That would be it? Yeah. Equivalent cost in petrol? Well... You tell me. I think uh, I passing over tonight. I think petrol is about one seventy a litre. Yeah, it's keep going up. Actually, you'll be to talking about one seventy two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Gabriel Keaton only wanted wanted all these um, these, <laughs> these charging pipes along the the Wild Atlantic Way. So our our councillor here, Joe Cooney, seconded him. Seconded it? Yeah, no, I seconded the proposal. Councillor Joe Cooney, Finnegale, confirmed we're alive and well in East Clare too. <laughs> Good man, Joe. Could he open up to the entire county <laughs> and not just along the wild Atlantic Way? Yeah. We want to attract tours to all, all of the county. So Keating replied that the motion was for all of Clare. <laughs> we talk about sustainable tourism, path to Clare, get 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 chairs and stay around for a few days. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Now, uh, we'll, we'll move on from that because time is against us. The last topic I want to discuss, and now we've only about two and a half minutes to discuss it, uh, the cap. We'll never discuss and, it in and, two and, and a half and, minutes. And farming. Give me a brief overview on what your thoughts are. Well, there's the paper is the papers cover it in. Uh, the, the, we never talk about the farmers actually. There's a whole farming section always in the in the Clare Champions page 18 and 19 in this yeah. this week. So, but there is an uh, cap, of course, is the big thing. Uh, Dan Danaher's the story in page 19. Clare farmers being shortchanged with cap reforms. ICMS, ICSA chief says support for organic farming excessive relative to other sectors um, <clears throat> but you contrast that with um, O'Neill's article mm, that's in on the Clare Echo page 14, page 14, of the page 14 and actually it, the, the contrast is, is rather good because on the one hand you have a certain branch of farmers who complain Neelan points out that actually 74% of, of farmers farming payments will remain the same. 74% of 74% of farmers will not suffer. It's the wealthy agribusinesses that will suffer because now cap payments are being capped at 66,000 according to Neilan. And uh, it's those big businesses and oddly, and he's making the point and it's an interesting one, it's the farming unions that seem to be very agitated about this. Now, 
he's suggesting a link, but he doesn't actually talk about the link. But uh, Luke, we might have to come back to this. This is a massive topic because uh, I um, think we will. Uh, cap is is in some European countries considered a very bad thing. Uh, use of the word subsidy. You're subsidising something, an industry, the agricultural industry, which. Um, cannot stand for itself. So the Austrians, the Germans and some others uh, are, complain about it. Ireland do well, the French do well, the Finnish do well. Uh, we're effectively paying farmers to do, to, to, to do what they're doing. Um, but the way it's being passed through Europe is improve farming methods, environmental sustainability, uh, uh, and that's the only way. And, uh, and that's why organic, this is coming back then to the page 19, that's why organic farmers are doing well out of this current cap, because the European Union sees it as a way of uh, helping the environmental issue. Okay, we will encourage everybody to read page 19 of the Champion and O'Neillan's article in the Clare Echo. Yeah, Pat, yeah. last word? And uh, Michael McNamara was looking at clarity on, on measurement of farm emissions, which is another part of that, that story. It is, yeah. So I think we, we might have to go back to that again. Yeah, and, and, and the, the, the whole thing with, we said the, the not the energy, but you know, the environmental plan that was launched on a national level that's last right. week, that's going, to have a big, uh, that's going to have a big effect we, in relation we, we to we the farming side of things as well. We'll come back to we, this. Yeah, absolutely. We need Luke, 10 minutes. I on. have to make one reference to. John, uh, I have the time. You but, have what, but what I'll do is uh, give me two minutes and I'll, I'll allude back to it. That's all we have time for this uh, afternoon. Pat, a song to feed us out? So we'll have uh, Cleo Lane, uh, the British jazz singer. She was 94 on Tall Celeste. And uh, we'll have send in the clowns. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, the clowns are about to leave today's show, yeah. and the master will be back next week. Uh, to, to the ringmaster. The ringmaster will be back to lead, lead the circus. Uh, so, John S., Pat, David, thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, that's all for local media this week, and we will talk to you soon. Isn't it rich? Are we a pair? Me here at last on the ground, you in me there. Now, we're here for bonus material. <laughs> <laughs> on the media show that we didn't get to cover in yeah. in the main episode so this this you might be listening to this on the podcast and we might try and sneak it in past jim in the main <laughs> schedule if we can we want the, the cap issue is something very much that um we sort of wanted to try and talk about a little bit more uh david yeah the, the Clare Champion, page yeah, 19. Uh, page 19, Dan Danaher, uh, the ICSA, which is the uh, Irish, um, what is it? The Irish... Uh, Cattle and Sheep Producers Association. Association. So they're, the, uh, they're one of the farming organisations together with the IFA and the, and the, uh, and the other one. Um, Eddie Punch has called on Clare's Oireachtas members to address the significant underfunding of direct supports for Clare suckler, beef and sheep farmers under the government's proposed package under the Common Agricultural Pro uh, Policy. Um, he, he, Mr. Punch is saying ordinary farmers, non-organic farmers, should we call it, are, are, are not getting enough money, that the organic farmers are getting an awful lot of money, a lot more money. 
um, and he says disproportionately Clare will, will, will suffer. In 2020 there were 66,232 calves registered and born to suckler cow in Clare. This puts Clare as the third highest county in Ireland for suckler cows behind Galway and just marginally behind Mayo. Um, and he, so he, he, he's not saying that he is against organic farming, but he feels that uh, the government, through the common agricultural policy, should be looking after those farmers. Now, of course, the, po the point that um, Europe and the, the Irish government are making is that we need to be supporting organic farming. We need to be supporting uh, efforts to reduce reliability on unsustainable farming methods or any type of farming that is contributing to um, the climate issue. And if you look at the page 18, in fact, Bernie Leahy, uh, B&T dry stock advisor for Chagas and Clare and Galway, is trying to make that point. Eight changes, he lists eight changes there to try and um, deal with some of the issues that uh, around sustainability in the, in the agricultural sector, reduce ammonia and carbon emissions which are warming up the earth, reduce intensive production, stocking rates, and all these things that farmers are kind of very familiar with but are probably a bit anxious about nevertheless. But the whole cap, I think, is designed, according to Owen Nealon, Europe is very lucky to have cap at all because some of the bigger countries and some of the smaller countries like Austria and Germany are opposed to the idea of subsidising farming. Always, yeah. always were. Yeah. I suppose not just subsidising farming but probably subsidies in general, I suppose. Subsidies so. in general, exactly. Yeah. But okay. look, the, the actual McGill Summer School is online currently. Okay? In winter. In winter, yeah. And uh, John Fitzgerald well known to us, a member of the Climate Change Advisory Council, he told the online summer school that farmers would have no choice but to reduce agricultural emissions by a third over the next decade, <coughs> during which time the size of the Irish herd would be significantly reduced. Now, he is a balanced type of economist. John Fitzgerald, I enjoy his analysis, his articles, one of you. And he's saying, Okay, the numbers are going to, in, uh, the, the herd numbers are going to have to fall. They will fall. There won't be any, uh, you know, way out of that after all the discussion. What have you, excuse me, what have you? And he's saying, but that can be a, a great opportunity for farmers to consider a different land use. Mm. Okay. And, and what? The land use is a quoted example, forestry. And then he says, but. The, the irony of all of this is that the department to which forestry is attached, do you know, Department of Agriculture, uh, it doesn't seem to talk to its brother participant, the agricultural section. Because if, and then there is the administrative section that deals with applications for cut, for felling timber and planting timber, the three don't seem to, three segments within the one, we'll call it, with the one wider department, they don't seem to talk to each other. If we are to go by, in fact, these statements that come out from the actual department. So, John, what you're basically saying is left hand doesn't know what right absolutely. hand is doing. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And I, and I think in fairness to the, like, the timber side of things, yeah. it's a topic you've alluded to on oh, numerous many occasions. Times. Many, yeah. many, many times. times. Didn't I write that? Yeah, please, yeah. 
I think the issue with the with the timber is they've got the actual planning process all muddled up yep. and that somebody needs to go in. The minister, of course, the minister needs to know. The minister should be understanding what, what's happening with the left and the right and the middle hand yep. and every other hand. That's his job. And the secretary general of the department, that's their job in particular yep. to sort out these issues. I, I, I think probably it's, it's a, in the scheme of things, a temporary issue. They will, must... We'll but have to sort out you, you the have, whole licensing You have issue. a big problem with the objectors. Um, Mr. Sweetman and all his cronies uh, are coming in with objections. Well, the great, the great uh, politicians of the past, uh, in Ireland, for me anyway, one outstanding uh, uh, example of a politician who had it right was Paddy Hillary, as he sought to actually reform the education system in the late 50s and early 60s. And he faced the very thing you're talking about, uh, a sleeping type of a civil service at times, mm. uh, uh, an ecclesiastical uh, establishment. establishment that opposed reform, oh, mm. left, right and centre. Mm. And, and this is something we lived through here in Scarf in our own case. Okay. Mm, mm. So um, I'm, I'm saying of course, with good leadership, you can move the department, you can move the civil servants. Yeah. You can, there is creativity if you give them mm. the, the, the opportunity. Mm. Do you know? Yeah. But, but we, ha we, have, we can't have unbridled development because trees cannot be planted everywhere. Mm. And unfortunately, many farmers have planted trees in places which shouldn't have been planted. Agreed. And um, other farmers are upset by that. Uh, neighbouring farmers very often, and of course people with with houses. Um, it's the same with it's the same with um, wind turbines and all the rest. It, they, there has to be some form of of uh, some system which allows for objection, reasonable objection, and and ultimately the courts often decide these things. Uh, it's probably the system though needs but to be better defined. If, if, if John Kelly has planted 20 acres of forestry yeah. uh, 30 years ago and he got permission to do it, well, he, when, he's, when he planted it, he should have permission to cut it. Because that's, that's, that's a huge problem now, John, isn't it? it is, well, I did plant. Yeah, well, know, well, so well, it's well, not well, a question of, of yeah. Yeah, no, but I, I suppose that the concept, Pat, you're alluding to is that if you've had to get planning permission to plant forestry in the first place, as part of that should be a natural understanding that, that take it out. you can take it out. And it makes sense. But I don't think there's anybody who would say you shouldn't be taking it out. But they're not it's, it's the, as I understand, delays within the department itself in yeah. granting and, 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 yeah. and the objectors. Uh, well, what are the object why would an objector object to somebody they, taking they, it out? They just object because they, it's, it's, it's part of the, that's what they do. <laughs> but you have to have a reason to object. <laughs> David, you never need a reason to object. Well, then it can be thrown out. You see, this is why the process would have to be clear. If I was objecting to something, you'd have to outline why you're objecting to something. The same if, so, if John was putting up a house or taking down a house. <laughs> I, I can't simply object, oh, John has taken yeah. down the house. But, but house, David, house David, if you had a house in Wicklow, yeah. I can object to that. 
course you can. You're a it, citizen of the Republic. Yeah. but You might, you might live nowhere, please. Exactly. <laughs> but we said, why yeah. should I... It's not... How is it going to affect me personally? You might have the interests of the state no. and the nation at heart. Just... We'll go back to and, and, of course, you might have the interests of <laughs> European policy because a lot of our national policy con conflicts with European policy. So we know that the councils have granted... We know that councils build on conservation areas and other things on floodplains. We know they've done this. We have. In contrast to... In conflict with n common sense, number one, and number two, European and national policy. But... Mm. I mean, what, and, you, but what people, are you actually saying? People, sh uh, what I'm saying is, when authorities make a mess of it, sometimes you need the citizen to point it out. And uh, very well, often the courts okay. back up the citizen. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I don't and know. And we often have big tribunals of inquiry to find out what has gone wrong. <laughs> and then 10 years later, <laughs> you know, they appeal the tribunal and everything starts <laughs> yeah, rule, ruled an event. Yes, legally. Last one to you. You, you. Just going back to the objectors again. You had uh, Mr. Trump back in, he wanted to put in a few miles of stone to keep the Atlantic out, and the farmers up back there were delighted and done big mm. to get this. But now, it's still in, in on, on board Planola, I don't know how many years later, yeah. it hasn't been done. The objector, an objector came in, he was an English fellow, he was living below uh, on, in Bentley Bay, down, down in the very end of Cork. West Cork. West Cork. Yeah. He was objecting to, to, to this wall above in Dunbeg. That he probably might never never have been there. To but see. so what? Yeah. Well, I, I can't. He's got the in, like. Uh, okay, I, I've objected to to the removal of pieces of art from Rossborough House in County Wicklow as a citizen. I. I, I have visited the place, I have seen the pieces of art, but um, I think it's the right of any citizen of, the, of, of this republic. This is one of the great things that um, the people in 1921 had fought for, this yeah, right to be participating in a republic. And we can't just simply uh, pile, uh, pale off a parish uh, or a where, county. But wait a minute, where does... Because that is parish pump politics. Pat Joe, who is the single... The single objector to a project for example such as the one that uh, pat has talked about yeah. the the yeah. defense wall in the it was a single uh, objector mm. yeah. now uh, what do you mean when you say as a member of a republic I mean, uh, and the citizen, the majority citizens have rights. Uh, majorities, no, our majorities often don't have any say. We, if we had a majority uh, well, ruling minute, on minute, planning minute. applications, I mean, we'd have houses and it's, every. It's Tom presumed that an objector reflects not just his or her own particular uh, position on a qu on a question, but is reflecting what he or she considers to be uh, something of national interest. Which ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the population have no flipping interest in at all, and yet <laughs> he can act or she can act as if, in fact, she's the mouthpiece for a sizable yeah. I don't think any objector uh, or a person who lodges an opinion is another way of putting it, because you can you can lodge now thinking about planning permission, mm. you can lodge something in favour of of an of a yes, development uh, yes, yeah. and and, yeah. and against it. Now most people don't uh, put put in favour of it. It is the problem. The thing about going back to Dunbeg, uh, I was reading something. Um, uh, in about an English development, the Dutch were brought over to the the, the north the North English coast, Norfolk, 
all that place is, is being washed into the sea. Yeah. And residents have houses, and there's yeah. all sorts of hotel hoteliers as well, and they're all looking for walls. The government in England have, have decided they can't do it, uh, both financially, but also environmentally, because if you put a wall in one place... It will stop the erosion from there. It will change. But it, it will erode somewhere else. Yeah. So those farmers in Dubeg will be happy. But farmers up the way or down the way will lose out. It's the total uh, definition of Ireland. You turn it into somebody else's problem down the road. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> so That's you get rid of it your do. passion, kick it down the road, somebody else's passion. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And Mr. Luke, Mr. Yeah, no objection Mr. to Trump. Mickey Joe objecting. But I, I have a huge problem with uh, it taking two years for a response. Well, no, I, I agree think that's, with that's you. more a government agency issue. This is yeah. what I said. We have a problem with the process, yeah. Yeah. which is how applications, uh, the, the criteria on which criteria, uh, applications are for forestry. Yeah, uh, are, are being dealt with, and the speed in which it is being done, which is ridiculous. Okay, mm. now. The very last, last, last bit of topic, unless, right, Pat, what do you want to talk about there? A, a nice job there for someone, uh, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, share it with the listener. Page 45, the classifieds in the echo. Uh, Santa Claus actors wanted. How, how could anybody, how could anybody uh, re replace that? We are searching for jolly Santa lookalikes who are willing to play Santa. Location, Ennis Town, November 26 onwards. I tell you, uh, full training and Santa suit supplied. Pay oh. 18 euros an hour. Must no. you have a particular build, Luke? <laughs> well, I, I think, are, do you know someone that looks like Santa Claus? So I think, yes. That, 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 that and must you be proficient in getting up and down chimneys? <laughs> well, I, I imagine that would be a topic that would be looked at closer to Christmas Eve. <laughs> and, and I said, that's on uh, page 45, classifieds in the echo. Uh, so... It's not one you'd see every day. Uh, no, it's not. And tr Pat, trust you to, fi to, to fi find that. Right, listen, we're, we're gone. We're gone. Uh, into extra time of extra time. Pat, is there anything there you want to really, really finish with? Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm looking for something there, Luke, but you can finish up if you want yeah. yeah. All right, okay. John, you have Brand. an issue that, uh, down in Kerry that we might come back Next to an, another day. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Uh, if this is broadcast uh, uh, on FM, I hope you've enjoyed it. If not, you <laughs> listen to it on the podcast. So, local media this week, extra, extra, read all about it. Very good. Uh, Claire Chaskin, Claire, Claire, Claire Echo, uh, Claire County Express, and Claire Herald Online. Support them all. Well worth it. Gives us something to talk about every week. Goodbye and take care.